Welcome back into News for Jags, uh, Thursday night football edition. Uh, the Jaguars uh, with a, a national TV game taking on the Cincinnati Bengals tonight um, in a matchup of number one overall quarterbacks. We've got Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow getting out on the field together. Um, all of the, this is going to be a, a interesting game. Obviously, the Jaguars come into this one zero and three. The defense coming off of a high note. The offense uh, not quite of a high note, but the Cincinnati Bengals are definitely an explosive team. I'm here joined with Justin Barney as always, and uh, Justin, you know this is going to be a game that. Uh, should definitely keep fans on the edge of their feet, you know, uh, through the first three weeks of the season. It, we, yeah, we, well, and you got Joe Burrow coming in. Yeah, it's yeah, a built-in storyline. And, and, and Urban Meyer recruited knows Joe. Knows Joe Burrow he, and he his family very well. Very well. Yeah. So that's uh, exciting. I, I mean, when this schedule was, was released, you saw this game on the, on the, the schedule and said, oh, we didn't get a Monday night game. But what a, what a cool built-in storyline already. This year's number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. Last year's number one pick, Joe Burrow. The Meyer-Burrow connections. Yeah. I mean, it's really a, a scripted game for TV. So many storylines. Now the big question is, can Jacksonville win in prime time? Hadn't happened since Gardner Minshew and uh, led the win over the Titans a couple yeah. years ago. You know what? I don't care if it's in prime time. They just need to win. At this point, it feels like forever since they've won a game. Um, but, yeah, you know, the, the connection between Urban Meyer and Joe Burrow is definitely a cool, oh, very neat. Uh, you know, recruits into Ohio State. He even talked a, a little bit about how, you know, Joe matured into his body. A hand injury kind of affected him there at Ohio State. Burrow ends up transferring to LSU. The rest is history. National championship, number one overall pick. Uh, Meyer actually said that he talked with Burrow prior to, to taking the Jaguars' job, of course, and having that number one overall pick in his pocket. And I think about, he said he talked to him about Lawrence, he too, right? He talked his, to him about Trevor Lawrence yep. and things that could help him. And, uh, you know, Joe said he said that Joe mentioned having a balanced offense and things like that that would help uh, help a young quarterback mature. And so, probably a, a better offensive line, maybe, yeah. after last year what Joe Burrow went through. that's not worth Early birding on uh, on on plays, yeah. Uh, but you know, hey, we'll, we'll see if uh, that insight actually helps. You know, Urban Meyer spends a lot of time in the offensive meetings. He doesn't spend a lot of time in the defensive meetings, from my understanding. Uh, we'll see if maybe this week he spends a little bit more time hanging out with Joe Cullen and those guys, saying, "Hey, you know, Joe likes to do this. We know we know like that Joe likes to do these things." Um, but, you know, the Jaguars are feel like a team that have progressed each week. I know uh, nobody wants to hear that. You're you're progressing, but you're 0 How are you progressing at 0-3? But yeah. I, I but, agree. But I, in I that think first that, week, they yeah. kind of played a first quarter. The second week against the Broncos, it felt like they played a first half, and then they they completely crumbled. Against the, the, the Cardinals. Two and a half quarters. Two and a half quarters. We're getting I mean, we there. Got, we got into the second half yeah. of the game. And, you know, one of the things I asked Shaquille Griffin about was finishing a game. How do you get past the, the the mental block? And we've seen it from teams before that have lost a bunch of games that are really young. I mean, the the Detroit Lions have gone through it. The Cleveland Browns have gone through it. They get leads, and they, they couldn't sustain. And it feels like uh, young teams just don't know how to finish games. And this feels like what Jacksonville's kind of go th- going through. And Shaq mentioned that, you know, Everybody wants to win and that some guys just need to focus on doing their job and that when he goes back and looks at the film, he sees guys trying to make that big splash play that secures the win, playing outside of themselves, jumping a route that they shouldn't, um, you know, going somewhere trying to be a, a, a superhero rather than just doing their job. And that's where they end up having some of those mistakes late in games is because everybody wants to win and everybody feels like they need to be that guy that makes this 
crazy play that secures the victory. And so he continues to express, you know, everybody just needs to do their job. And, it, you know, I even followed up with, do you think that's a young guy thing? Do you think that's just a young players that they feel like? Because if you make it to the NFL, you were probably a star in high school and you were the guy. You were probably a pretty good, if not a star in college, and you were probably the guy. So you get to the NFL and maybe you're not, you know, the guy anymore. But you, if you're a young player, you probably still have a very recent memory of when you were the guy that had to make a play if we were going to win. And he said he didn't think it was a young guy thing. He think it's, it's just a team that's pressing and everybody wants to win so bad. Um, so, But that does to me still sound like a maturation process. It sounds like, you know, yeah, we want to win. We've lost so much. I, I'm going to do something that maybe isn't designed because I need to make a play so that way we can finally get over this winning. And it's still a young roster. It's a, it's a very young and roster. And I think a lot of these guys are still finding their niche. And, uh, you know, I think uh, somebody asked Rayshon and Shaq, did this loss hurt more than this other losses that they've endured, mm-hmm. the first two losses? And they said, no, it's not. It, and that shows, to me, it shows maturity there because if you're a rookie and you've not endured this ups and downs and stuff like that. Maybe you put too much emphasis on a game or getting close and not finishing. To me, it shows that these guys are on an on a even path. This loss didn't hurt more than the, the loss in week one to the Texans. Um, they want to improve. This is a business. Every job hurts the same, except maybe if it's a Super Bowl or a playoff loss. But I think keeping everything, um, not putting too much emphasis on games. I think you put it an emphasis on, on being, um, like you mentioned, doing your job, doing your assignment, um, not overextending yourself and, and trying to make too big of plays. Um, I think keeping things in perspective, and that's a sign of maturity, even from young guys, Griffin, Rayshon, um, and you'd like to see that, and you'd like to see the response like uh, they came out and said on Monday, where kind of we're treating this as one game. Um, we've got a, every loss stinks. I mean, you know, for as much as fans complain about losses, and you're rightfully so, you're a fan, you're paying money to go go see a game and stuff. The players, this is their livelihood, right. so they want to win more than you want them to win, um, and I think that gets lost a little bit in the uh, the, the hierarchy of being a fan. Um, but I like this roster. I like it's uh, it's being young and, and those guys coming out and, and saying, hey, it's every loss is, is affects us the same. Every loss um, makes us want to get better. And I think they're there. I mean, we, we, we've seen incremental improvement two and a half quarters this week. So uh, let's see if they can make it to three on Thursday night. Uh, hopefully they'll make it to four. I mean, we've at least made it through a half of football. And can they play a second half at this point at a high level? Uh, you know, the one thing that I can say and. Maybe last year was just an altogether different monster. But even after winning that week one game, this team this year that is 0-3 just feels so much more confident than a team that had actually won a game. And last year, you, they were almost 2-0. I mean, they, all, they had the Texans, or not the Texans, the Titans on the ropes in week two. And, you know, people were feeling pretty good. I mean, it wasn't until... Feels like Thursday night football last year against the Dolphins when the the everything went wrong. There. Where it, the, yeah. it really went off the rails at that point. But uh, it, this team just feels so much more confident, and it feels like they understand that this is a process and that we're heading in the right direction. And you know, uh, I do feel like they are heading in the right direction. Cincinnati will bring some issues. I mean, this is a two and one football team. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. That offense is going to give the Jaguars defense uh, some issues, I'd say. Um, 
because they have so many weapons, and Joe Burrow playing at a pretty high level right now. Yeah, and they saw, I mean, Jacksonville saw Cincinnati last year, and um, Burrow was, that's when Burrow was still standing upright, and last year Cincinnati's offensive line was terrible, and Jacksonville still struggled to get to the quarterbacks. I mean, they did see him last year uh, before his injury, um, and again, I, I think they are on the right path. We've seen that improvement each week. I mean, it's tough to see improvement in that Texans game because everything was so bad. I think everything was um, still new to the staff. They look out coach, but there were adjustments in the Broncos game. They had a great first drive, had the Agnew kick return. Uh, defense played better than they did. And I think, again, 31 points this week, but one of those was a pick six. They played very well against the Cardinals. Uh, got a turnover, got a sack. Um, special teams showed out again. So I think there are steps to improvement now. I think the offense just has to get going. We saw James Robinson running the ball strong. They relied on him a little bit more. So if you can take bits and pieces from each of those three games and apply them to things in this Bengals game, it's got the recipe for success, right? Yeah, I I think it's all starting to come together. Um, The big thing heading into this week is uh, I think the the most pressure is on both – well, there's pressure on both sides of the ball. Uh, let's start with the Jaguars' defense. They played a little bit better, and I think Joe Burrow is definitely the the engine that's moving this Bengals team around. Their defense is okay, but their offense has really been playing at a next-level kind of pace. And Jamar Chase uh, and Joe Burrow just basically picked up where they left off from yeah, when they were in, wow. L- in college together. Um, so I, I think the defense is going to have a special, kind of a, they're a special kind of task. One of the things, for as well as the defense has made progress the past two weeks specifically, they're still – something to be desired from a pass rush standpoint. Um, They have to find a way to get to Burrow. If you let him sit back there, he is going to pick you apart. Now, it's it's understandable when you play against Kyler Murray that you don't get a lot of sacks. He's a guy that will use his legs and, and do different things. Burrow will shred you. He will. He, I mean, he'll sit back there and pick them apart. Um, so they have to find a way to get Josh Allen moving. Two different quarterbacks, yeah. you know. I mean, you could not see an opposite, a polar opposite, in as many weeks as Jacksonville seeing on Thursday night. I mean, last Sunday, Kyler Murray, running quarterback, devote your game plan. I mean, Urban Meyer said he's a jackrabbit back there. You wanted to scheme your game plan around a guy and and spying him, not letting him get out of that pocket and, and hurt you with his legs. And I think Jacksonville, for the most part. Did that, but you've got to change things completely and get ready for a pocket quarterback who's deadly accurate. Um, Jacksonville, again, saw him last year, knows what he's capable of, um, but a guy who's going to sit back there, and if Cincinnati's offensive line gives him time, he's going to pick Jacksonville and any other team he faces apart. So it's got to be, it's got to disrupt him back there. And Jacksonville's not been particularly well at bringing down the quarterback. They've done well at, at pressuring him and making him feel uncomfortable, but you've got to at some point get a hand on the ball, knock Joe Burrow down. Um, I thought DeWan Smoot played pretty well against uh, against Arizona this past week. So um, I think you've got to start translating some of those pressures into mm-hmm. more disruptions, more sacks, making Joe Burrow know you're there early and uh, and knocking him to that ground quick. It's been very clear that De- DeWan Smoot is this team's second-best pass rusher. Josh Allen, obviously number one. Smoot has been head and shoulders above everybody else. And then somewhere behind there, it's like Caleb on Chase on Javon Hod Ward lumped together. Um, not not a whole lot of impact from that pass rush. They have to figure out a way to get back there. Uh, an interesting thing is they traded C.J. Henderson earlier this week, and now with Henderson gone, you go into this Thursday night game 
against a team with three good receivers, three talented receivers. I mean, Jamar Chase has shown he can play at the in the NFL. T. Higgins showed last year that he, toward the end of the year that he can play in the NFL. And then Tyler Boyd has been a thousand yard receiver in the NFL. You've got three guys that you're going to have to cover. You've got Shaq Griffin, Tyson Campbell's played at a high as. Hey, Tyson Campbell is a good cover guy. Yeah. He's always in position. If he can ever look up and find the ball, he will be a lockdown corner. Um, and then you've got Trey Herndon, who hasn't played yet this year, has been recovering from a sprained MCL. This is more than likely going to be his first game back on the field. Urban Meyer said he expects him to play. That played a role in trading C.J. Henderson. So you're going to put him out there for that first game. You hope he's 100% healthy because he has to play from day one. Got to. And, yeah, I think the, you know, Trey Herndon at his best is probably an average cornerback. Yes. Maybe, maybe a tick above average, but, you know, I, I think most days he's an average cornerback. Um, Shaq is going to be on Jamar and uh, Tyson possibly starting this week. I, it's just so many, uh, so many moving parts. It's a different, uh, different Jaguars defense. But um, you mentioned Tyson Campbell. If he could actually play the ball instead of watching the receiver, I mean, he just seems like he, he doesn't turn around at the right time, doesn't follow things uh, with his eyes most of the time. So he needs to, to be prepared for what he's going to see on Thursday night. And uh, hopefully that be, he becomes that player that the coaching staff thinks he's going to be. I mean, I have not been particularly impressed with Tyson Campbell so far. I've seen him make far more mistakes, again, as a rookie. Um, but, again, I've seen him make far more mistakes than big plays, although uh, he did have a nice uh, nice breakup on that first Arizona drive um, on Sunday and uh, when he uh, got trucked by uh, Andrew Wingard at the end of the play. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, th- that that was probably my one of my highlights of the early game, <laughs> Andrew Wingard taking his own guy's head off because they can get off the field. But, you know, uh, th- this defense feels like it's starting to come together. I feel like Joe Cullen's starting to come into his own as a defensive coordinator. His play callers are starting to make sense now if we can get him to not drop Josh Allen in the coverage on third downs everything will be golden um you shouldn't drop your best pass rusher in the coverage not ever. at all uh, especially when you only have one guy only but, pass rusher you know the defense is coming together the I'm more concerned about the offense these days uh Daryl Bevel feels like public enemy number one for the entire Jaguars fan base I said it before and I'm sticking to my guns on this one it just Feels like he's not a guy who's going to be in Jacksonville very long. Um, the decisions that he makes for some play calling is maddening at times. Uh, you know, you can read between the lines on some things there. Uh, and it just so happens that a guy that has replaced him in the past is already on staff. Um, Brian Schottenheimer is the passing game coordinator. It just so happens that uh, he replaced Daryl Bevel in Seattle once before and you know if Bevel is shown the door somehow I expect Schottenheimer to replace Bevel again Wow! Uh, you know he's working hand in hand with Trevor Lawrence and it seems like it would make the most sense for something like that to happen uh, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, Daryl Bevel still has some time, but the offense has got to find its footing. I mean, against Denver, they go right down the field, score on that first drive, and then it's like, Nothing. what are we doing the rest of the game? Uh, it's like they forgot what they were doing. They had no game plan. Uh, the, the Broncos made slight adjustments. They couldn't move the ball. Against the Cardinals, you know, you're chugging along. You finally get into a little bit of a groove. You you find James Robinson. They remember that he's on the team and he's a good player. They run him right down the field into the end zone. You come out the next play, the, the next drive, and you call a freaking flea flicker, flea 
flicker at your own like 20 yard line. That is idiotic. And I know, you know, everybody's like, well, if the offensive line would have blocked, DJ Chark was open. Well, that's a big if in my book. It's like the play call in and of itself is maddening because you don't call that when momentum's on your side. You you have a defense that has played well all day. Run the freaking ball and control the clock, and let's have this balanced attack that we all want to see and dominate it, roll down the field, eat some time off the clock, and let's win this game. I mean, James Robinson on that one drive in the third quarter that he – punched into the end zone, I mean, he, he, he that's what we need to see. Yes. I mean, he ran, at one point, he had three straight carries for 35 yards, and, and and he gets into the end zone. But, again, I still don't think you utilize him properly. Um, I know you want to see Trevor throw the ball, but it starts with James Robinson running the football. You, you know, and on that flea flicker, I know everybody's like, oh, he would have been a genius. How about just a play-action fake off that? I mean – does that not achieve a very similar effect if you're running the ball well? Uh, but neither here nor there. We're, we're talking about this week. Hopefully, Coach Bevel is a just a smidge more conservative and sticks with the running game at times uh, tonight, and that can help the James Robinson finally get into a rhythm this season, which will help the offense moving forward. Uh, that's one of the things that we'd like to see. We'd like to see Trevor be a little bit more conservative as well. I feel like uh, he... He's always pressing for that big play, which is good because after going from Gardner Minshew, who didn't know what a big play was, uh, to a quarterback that is willing to always take that big shot, at some point we need him to to say, okay, let's live, let's live to play another down. Throw the ball away, take the sack. It's okay, you know. Peyton Manning slid to a bunch of sacks. He was just like, up, oh, it's over. Uh, you know, you got to know when when to eat it. The play didn't work. It's okay. Pressure got there. Whatever it is. Um, so that way we can kind of get these turnovers under control. I did like Jacksonville's game plan. I know we've harped on this on the podcast before, but they've almost forgotten James Robinson the first two weeks. It seemed like they remembered he existed this week, especially on that drive in the third quarter when you come out and you just run the ball, power running game. And I don't know how many carries he had on the one drive, at least five um, that he ended up scoring on the four-yard touchdown run. But that's what you want to see. I mean, yes. run James Robinson. He's an undrafted free agent. Um, he's not your generational quarterback. Run the ball. Make life easier on Trevor. So you're not putting him in those situations where he's having to do too much. And I know uh, Bevel said you know, Trev- last week that Trevor was still trying to do a little too much. You know, Salem throws high. Every play is not meant to be a home run ball. Throw a check down pass from time to time. Take a sack from time to time. Don't put yourself in a bad position. And I think, again, we've got to reiterate it for the listeners, for the fans, Trevor is going to be a darn good quarterback in this league. He is going to be a good quarterback. What you're seeing now is not what you're going to see next year, five years from now. It's growing pains. You tapped on something that I want to get off topic on first. James Robinson is an undrafted free agent at running back. He's on a cheap contract, and that's part of the maddening part to me, that they're not just running this dude into the dirt. I mean, like, I I like James Robinson, and I don't mean that in, like, a derogatory term, but, like, when you give a running back a big contract, there's always the, well, we want to make sure that he's healthy. This guy is an undrafted free agent on the cheapest contract you possibly can get. He's not going to be on it for very long. 
run him, give him as many carries as you can. Don't worry about longevity. You want to know why? Because he might not be your problem. I mean, you've already drafted Travis Etienne. Like, if somebody else wants to give this dude a big contract when it's done, then that's their problem. You've got to have him carrying the ball more than 16 times yeah, a game. Yeah, run, run You've this got dude. To. Run him. And he's effective when he runs, and that's and what— that too. That's, that's the problem. And you've got James Robinson. He's proven he can run the ball. Don't abandon him. And they get into these these routines where you forget James Robinson existed. You throw three times on the drive and punt. You've got to mix it up. Come on. I mean, we saw more more James Robinson last game than we've seen all season, and that continues. needs to continue to be what happens. I mean, take some pressure off Trevor. We bring up Urban's words all the time. A quarterback's best friend is a, is a good running back. We've got that in Jacksonville. Let's use it. Let's give him more than 16 carries a game. Yeah, and then we, on top of James Robinson showing up, we need a wide receiver to show up. I mean, we had a DJ Chark sighting for, like, one play last week. Uh, is he going to be the impact receiver? I mean, you've had guys, former wide receiver coaches, wanting to say that DJ Chark was the number one wide receiver and the coaching staff didn't want to let him be that. Well, he's not playing like a number not one wide receiver. The only wide receiver that Trevor can trust right now is Marvin Jones. Um, somebody else needs to show up and make a play. I don't care who it is at this point. If it's DJ, great. If it's LaVisca Chenault, fine. If it's Tyron Johnson, great. Whoever it's going to be, somebody's got to go out there and get open. I mean, the guy has nobody to throw the ball to. I mean, we'll see. Uh, Urban Meyer promised that Dan Arnold's going to play against the Bengals. So we'll see if maybe Dan Arnold can be a security blanket for Trevor Lawrence at tight end, but somebody's got to do something. Nobody's getting open right now. Nobody at all. And James O'Shaughnessy was starting to, to do that, to be a little outlet for Trevor uh, before he got hurt, but there's just nothing on this team that strikes fear into a defending cornerback's mind. I mean, no, nobody on this team there's you nobody. can look at besides Marvin Jones, and I think even he's a little bit skewed, that you can look at and say, man, this guy is a game-breaker. No. This guy is a game-breaker. He's trouble. We've got to put two guys on him. Um, got to bracket him, and there's just no, there's nobody on this roster right now. You know, Tyron Johnson, maybe that guy. He's fast. No, hasn't been it. No uh, Treadwell from preseason carryover. Philip Dorsett hasn't been a guy that you say, man, alive. We've got to get him uh, onto this roster um, in, on the, in the regular season roster. It just there's nobody on this team right now, and we saw so many transactions in. The preseason, receiver, 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 and nobody has been able to kind of elevate to there. LaVisca's been erratic. DJ has been DJ from 2020 almost. Yep. And Marvin Jones is that guy, but he's not getting getting uh, getting open and creating confidence just because teams, teams know that he's the only guy that they have right now. He's it. I mean, the only guy with the potential of being that this season on this offense, to me, that, that defenses have to account for is – is James Robinson. He's the only guy with any sort of, like, okay, well, we'll have to stack the box if he starts getting going because he's that good. Like, Marvin Jones is a very good receiver, but teams aren't feeling like they need to double cover this guy. DJ Chark isn't warranting double coverage. Like, uh, there's nothing there, which is making defenses more dangerous and versatile where they can just decide who they want to take away instead of you forcing them. So uh, that's something that the Jaguars will need to work on in the future as, as adding those sorts of guys, but that doesn't help them tonight against the Bengals. Um, the big thing tonight is, uh, from the offense is you want to see them try and put together multiple consistent drives, move the ball consistently. Um, they hadn't seen the red zone a lot early in the season. They saw the red zone multiple times on Sunday. 
uh, or last Sunday. So we'll see if they can keep getting into the red zone. If they can get into the red zone, they, they've got a shot. Um, big thing for me is uh, we, we want a time of possession. You know, your defense pl- has played well for two weeks in a row. The offense needs to possess the ball and give the defense a break because if you can control the clock, then your defense is playing good enough for you to win games. And that's where James Robinson comes into that is, that's, the equation. We're Again, back to it. You cannot have James Robinson getting 16 carries a game. You can't. He needs to get 25 carries yes. a game and grind it out. And, again, I keep going back to that drive in the third quarter. Things moved so well when James Robinson was carrying the ball. He had three three straight handoffs, 35 yards. I mean, that's, that's real yardage in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And – Teams couldn't stop him, and they have got to do that. They have got to keep feeding James Robinson. He's a low-mileage guy. He's not on a huge contract. He's effective when he's running the ball, and he's your best ball carrier by far. I know, I mean, Carlos Hyde has had a couple carries where you say, okay, Carlos, maybe get get him some more carries, but James Robinson is that guy right now. Feed him the ball. Keep feeding him the ball. I would not... I would not be opposed to see Trevor throw 20 passes a game and James Robinson carry the ball 30 times at yeah. all. No, not at all. I, I think that would actually be a good game plan for this offense. That's a winning game plan. Um, something that I'd like to see from them tonight against the Bengals. Uh, all right, so give it to me, Justin. What do you think? What is this team, if they do one thing, they win tonight? I think, I think they put three good quarters together, and uh, they still lose the game. I think they lose a uh, maybe a uh, 28-20 game. All right, give me this. If if Trevor has no turnovers, I think they win. Um, I think the defense is going to play at a high enough level. I'm fingers crossed that Urban just tells Bevel to be conservative and hand the rock off. If he does, I think this is their first win, and they do it on a national stage. Um, Urban Meyer has had Joe Mixon on the mind since week one. Um, that's not something I'm going to forget when we were asking him about the Texans. He accidentally started talking about Joe Mixon. So uh, he's had Joe Mixon on the mind since before the Texans game. This is the one. This is going to be I'm, – I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say the Jaguars get their first win of the season. I think they win it 30-17. I'm, I'm going to go there. Um, all in, huh? I'm, I'm going all in on it. I think the defense has made enough progress. I'm hoping that, you know, this all this aggressive stuff is going to slow it down and we'll just – be a little bit more conservative because clearly the aggression failed them last week. Uh, this is the week. This is the one. The streak breaks here. First one of the year. I'm going for it. So 28-20 Jaguars lost from me and 30-17 to Jaguars win. That's what I'm going Jamal. with. Impressive. Okay. So, so we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit this uh, in a week and see if uh, – See how it all shook out, obviously. Um, fingers crossed that we're talking about the Jaguars' first win of the year and they finally broke in the losing streak, and maybe that's the spark that they needed. Um, but uh, appreciate you listening as always, and hopefully you'll uh, tune back in next week and maybe we can talk about a victory week. Uh, 